0: Welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 6 of The Sopranos, titled The Happy Wanderer. This episode aired February 20th, 2000, and was written by Frank Renzulli and directed by John Patterson. Here's the HBO synopsis for this episode. David Scantino, the father of Meadows' friend Eric and the owner of a local sports store, Gets on the bad sides of both Richie and Tony when he loses big in two poker games. Paying his respects at a funeral, Tony is forced to deal with the presence of Livia. This is a good episode. Yeah, it is. Uh, It really centers around this poker game. You're right, the executive game. The executive game. It's a big deal. Tony finally has it. Got it off Junior. Finally has it. We open the episode at Meadows School where a bunch of colleges are coming by. And we get, so we don't get, not a lot here. I mean, it's just, you know, dad's mom's going to her kid's school to see colleges. But there's this thing that happens in this episode, happens twice. Once in the beginning of this scene and then towards the end of the episode where Tony thinks Davey, who is played by Robert Patrick, a.k.a. T-1000, who is uh, talking about one thing, but he really thinks Davy's talking about something else and answers to something else. So this in this moment, it's when they're in the bathroom. So who do you like? I oh, don't know, that guy from Bowdoin seems to be making some sense, I guess. I'm in mean, the game tonight. And it happens later on as well. It's just interesting. I don't know if it's just Tony as a character or the writing choice, what it is about that, but there's two moments there where Tony responds to something else and it happens later on. I like that. When's the second time or should when, we just wait until later? Well, it's when Davy arrives at the executive game. Yeah. And Tony thinks that he's talking about Frank Sinatra Jr. Cause they just, just brought him up and he says, Oh, the resemblance is similar. But Davy's like, no, what do you think about me playing with them? Uh, it's it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder
1: if that is Tony kind of being, he's taken by surprise a little bit because Mm -hmm. he really doesn't associate Davey with that side of himself, you know, uh, that Tony's world of gambling and all the rest of it, you know, everything that he does that is, you know. Tony's Maf. life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the mafia. Um, you know, it's it's weird that Davey's trying to like get involved in that side of things. Yeah. And I actually think that's a pretty important theme. And I'm glad that you brought it up because we can talk about this later, of course, when we get to the scene, but that is a big point of contention between Tony and Davey mm-hmm. of the like Tony associates Davey with the domestic side of things, the civilian life, and when there's like a a crossover being attempted, uh, it is tough for both of them, actually. Yeah. You know, the context keeps shifting with them, and sometimes that surprises Tony, mm-hmm. and sometimes that surprises Davy. But it's uh, mostly bad for Davy, as we will see this context shift.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems like Davey is really trying hard yeah. to plant himself inside Tony's world, mm-hmm. but doesn't understand Tony's world at all. right Um, and you know when I watched this episode before whenever I watched it last I always felt like Tony was egging Davey on and this time around I really saw it as Tony trying his best to keep Davey out of his world sure like as a friend
1: right right and that's I mean, Richie kind of does it too, actually, Mm. Uh, which is kind of surprising because, you know, we just think of Richie as like a psycho, you know. But he even sort of tries to warn Davey, hey, like, don't get in over your head because once you do, there's really no going back. Right. And uh, that's what Davey finds out. So I think Tony, it's weird. Tony has the instincts of a mob boss, right? You know, Mm -hmm. of a guy who, like, profits off of the weakness and, like, the pain of others. And so I think that he can see that he really shouldn't get his friend involved in this. However, if his friend does get involved, well, worst case scenario,
0: Tony gets some money out of it. Yeah. Maybe he gets a car out of it right so w- what else did you think about this opening with like so we're introduced to one of meadows friends eric who is yeah. davy's son um arty's there as well for his daughters and we can see that okay these guys maybe even went to this school yeah you know right that they they were oh, right. high school kids here yeah you know it just has that feeling like they're yeah. back at school together playing yeah. playing around um, yeah which was a nice touch to make it more down to earth and, and real for the big ending.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, the, (laughs) I said before we started recording that this is a, you know, this is a good episode, but there's not like actually a whole lot to analyze. It's, it's a pretty plot driven episode. One Mm -hmm. thing leads to the next boom, boom, boom. Um, but, I think this is the first time that we've really gotten back into the Meadow pursuing college admission storyline. And the last time we really got into that was in the episode College, Mm. season one, which was also a very plot driven, just kind of
0: bang, bang, bang episode. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what that means exactly. It's just kind of interesting. Sure. Uh, I will say this about John Hensley, who plays Eric. Um, I'm not judging and just saying in this scene at this time, he was 23 years old. Wow. Uh Jamie Lynn Siegler was nineteen. Yeah. But you could tell that John Hensley obviously shaves every day. <laughs> Doesn't really control the eyebrows mm-hmm. much either, but he just has this face. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about last week, punchable faces. Right. I'm sorry, but Eric just has the most punchable face by you know. far.
1: Yeah, Eric does have kind of an annoying face, and (laughs) considering how he like behaves in this episode, even though, you know, you have to sympathize with him considering what happens. Yeah, Yeah. it's not his fault or anything that happens. I think he has a pretty reasonable reaction to how things turn
0: out, Mm -hmm. but there's still something just very annoying about him. Yeah, you know, I like what we're what we're discovering are all of the spoils that Tony has won from Junior. And I really just, it's fun kind of like, oh, oh, he had this card deal thing going on. And now that's Tony's. And now Junior had the executive game. And now that's Tony's. It's just, that's really awesome. It's good to be the boss. Yeah. So it's funny here because
1: uh, the theme of this episode is voiced pretty literally in uh, the next scene, mm. Tony and Melfi. Mm-hmm. And they're back fully in therapy mode. And Tony is complaining about happy wanderers, guys with clear heads. Yeah. When he sees that, he doesn't like it. It angers him. He doesn't understand why. I mean, he opens <laughs> he opens this session in kind of an interesting way. What did you think of that? It really does. I, yeah.
0: I, well, I wrote I wrote it down when he says, you know, she asks him, "What's on your mind?" And she really wants to know, and he gives it to her.
1: I'm thinking I'd like to take a brick and smash your fucking face in a fucking hamburger.
0: Okay. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, all right. But he was like, you know, you asked me, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. Last time I flipped over your coffee table. That's not going to happen again, but you asked. And I'm just letting you know, I'm very angry. Yeah. And he doesn't know with who it's still like, this is the, the thing Melfi is trying to work on is where this anger is coming from, how to control it. Exactly. And, I think that what
1: you see now in this sort of second, this is like Tony Melfi 2.0, right? Because she kicked him out of therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they were apart for a long time, but now they're reunited. And so I feel like in these these scenes following their reconciliation, they're a little bit more direct with each other. Yeah. Uh, They get to the point a lot
0: faster. And that's interesting. Yeah, except for Tony thinks he's, made a clear point but melfi keeps harping on it and just that after he says that quote and he leads into the happy wanderer his frustration with is this just with every woman like when i say something you have to interpret it as something else when i'm really meaning something and we get that reference back to gary cooper and the strong silent type and tony really doesn't feel like that at all he feels like a victim or at least that melfi makes him feel like a victim
1: right yeah and that's totally true Tony's an old school guy of course also Mm -hmm. so the fact that he has to be here you know he it's almost like it bothers him more than it did before Yeah, you know
0: because he's like I need this and I hate that I need it right yeah that's a really good point so we get uh, the first poker scene here the first poker game is at Richie's Richie has his own poker game. Definitely not the executive game when Artie Bucco is sitting down (laughs) to play, which I thought was kind of interesting that Davey and Artie, where did Artie get permission from Charmaine to play this game? Obviously, he had to lie. There's no way Charmaine would be like, oh, it's absolutely okay for you to spend our money at a poker game with mobsters.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that Charvade <laughs> signed off on that one. But what do we get yeah. in this scene that we had referenced in season one? We get yeah. Vito Spatafor.
1: Right. I made a note of that. Yeah, he Joseph wasn't. Gannascoli. Yeah, Joseph ganascoli appeared in uh, The Legend of Tennessee Multisanti, not as Vito. Right. But now he is back, uh,
0: yeah. the actor, playing Vito Spatifor. And it's. I didn't realize he was in so soon. Yeah, it I was didn't just either. Season two. That's right. It was interesting to uh, to see him sitting there, playing a completely different character, and it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Because if you don't catch it, you're not going to remember. Mm-hmm. You really aren't going to remember that he was in the bakery scene mm-hmm. uh, back in season one, and you're just going to think, okay, new guy. But it's it, when you notice it, it's interesting to see like the differences he's playing. Oh, uh, yeah. Here. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, in terms of the character. No, mm-hmm. that's that's a great point. I also like the detail, just getting back to Artie, of he's in, oh, I'm one of the guy, one of the guys mode. Uh, he, he's he got his cigar. Yeah. That he's like chomping. Mm-hmm. He really seems to be enjoying himself here. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, good for Artie. But then, of course, he's got to get back to his wife,
0: you know. Yeah. The little detail yeah. here is that Davey still wants to play. And Davy's already down 8,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is really the crux of this whole thing.
1: Right, yeah. And we get this moment that I referenced before where Richie does try. You know, he recognizes that Davy is a civilian. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he's he's pretty quick to give him the loan, which he's... Uh, which he's probably it's you know richie's smart enough to know that like this guy is like getting in very deep very fast and it's going to be hard for him to get out but you know he just says hey whatever right you know like i'll I'll let it happen but he does warn him you know to richie's credit Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we just see that uh davy is really irresponsible
0: you know it's going to get worse for him yeah but yeah this is the beginning of his problems so not to um steer clear of the main plot, but there is this portion of this episode of Meadow and Eric are working on this duet together for the you know last hurrah of the their senior year and she's requesting a solo instead because it would look good for colleges to have a solo performance, I guess. Right. But not not a big deal, but it does it does play into how closely tied in meadow is to what ends up happening exactly yeah yeah it's important this
1: hey i mean this it was very different when we were in high school we weren't really thinking this way uh but the distinction between doing a duet and a solo is incredibly big i guess yeah it's
0: huge yeah
1: so meadow's disappointed and and we'll
0: see where things go from there Mm -hmm. yeah but Back into the main plot, Tony goes to see Junior to let him know the executive game is now his, uh, and also for Junior to figure out you know what his cut might be in it. I liked how the scene opened up where Tony is weighing himself on the scale. Yeah. And he bats his belly and realizes, Jesus, I'm I'm getting some weight. Well, I
1: was <laughs> impressed by that. I mean, I've been going to uh, the doctor, well, all my life, right? Uh-huh. I don't know how the scales work. He's got it. He's sliding the thing around. I was like, "Wow, Tony knows how to do that." I've never. I'm not going to judge
0: you. It. The principles, but it's of that a scale. Thing. It's not. It's but not rocket science. You gotta
1: like slide the thing. Well, I you put
0: know. the you put the 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 big block yeah. around the general area yeah. of your weight. So like 140, right? <laughs> okay, and then you use the little one to measure yeah. the smaller increments of your weight. So you get it to 149. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: All these doctor's visits my entire life, I've never really paid attention to that. I've just been like, oh, they're sliding a thing around. That's complicated. Uh, But yeah, Tony, (laughs) well, you and Tony together have figured out what I could not. And uh, yeah, just the fact that Tony's like, shit, I'm fat.
0: (laughs) And he kind of steps off the scale. It's great. Uh, Yeah. But uh, beyond that, we get a lot of information here Mm -hmm. just of Tony's family. Yeah. Right, right, From yeah. Junior. Another bombshell,
1: right? I mean, first one wait. was the first one was your dad had panic attacks. Hesh dropped that in, yep. And then this new one, Uncle Eckley, an uncle that Tony never knew about, never knew between Junior and Johnny Boy in age, mm-hmm. uh, dead now, right? But he basically was uh, special needs, or as you know, Tony refers to it in the episode, the unpolitically
0: correct term retarded yes yeah we can say we can say it we I can mean, say that's what he says that's what he says he, says, he, says. he yeah. says retarded um i definitely wrote down mentally dis- d- disabled but tony says retarded i loved junior's sensitivity to his brother's condition you know when when tony does point that out uh, or you know use that that language
1: what are you saying he was
0: retarded you go fuck yourself he was slow and I just liked his, you know, description of how his mother took care to find a good place because she didn't, you know, her, his father and mother didn't speak English. Tony's grandparents didn't speak English very well. It was very difficult for them to figure out how to take care of a special needs child. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this like side of Junior. I think it's always interesting to see like very tough people um, who, on every other level, they will point out, you know things like this like Tony doesn't have somebody in his life who's mentally disabled so he has no problem saying the word retard right but Junior does and so that you can't go there oh you can call women whatever you want you can say these things about black people but I had a retarded you know brother so you can't say retard you, right. can't say any, you know like there's just like a, spe- a special sensitivity to that for this tough old mobster
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, they, uh, they being Johnny boy and junior really looked out for their brother and, uh, Mm -hmm. they really loved and like cared for him and stuff. And so even though this is kind of like a, a throwaway detail, I think it sort of just, again, it throws Tony a bit, you know, Anything having to do with, and we'll see this as the show progresses, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the seasons, but anything that su- sort of suggests a genetic flaw, right? you know, something bad getting passed down generation to generation,
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: a really big deal to Tony, and that's an area of uh, grave concern for him. And just in general, I mean, disabled or no, if your parent, uh, not your parent, but if you're like, you know uncle says like oh yeah you had an uncle that you never knew about yeah i mean it'd kind of be shocking so absolutely
0: yeah and you're like you know in your 40s Mm -hmm. when you find this out for the first time well before we move on from this scene there is another important detail you know tony thinks that his dad kind of left them with nothing right but the detail again that no there is money left to livia Mm-hmm. and we you know brought that up earlier in this season with janice but junior kind of confirms you know he says
1: she's like a woman with a virginia ham under her arm crying a blues because she has no bread
0: i mean tony's not at this point doesn't really care if there's money anywhere and especially if it's left to livia but it's an important detail that there is some sort of wealth that was left behind right yeah the mystery of livia's loot livia's loot yeah yeah but we move into uh the collection scene from richie so richie has to has to get his money owed from davy because davy asked for uh, loans to play the game we can already see you know that tony understood i think early on he knew who davy was a bad gambler you know somebody who gets in deep and might go and get into trouble But being behind on payments to Richie, that's no good. That's somebody you like. Yeah, you really don't want to be behind in payments to any of these guys, but
1: especially Richie. So, you know, Richie comes in and, you know, we get that really important thing that I mentioned earlier, the problem of context. So Mm. Davey thinks he's safe with these guys because it's kind of like, hey, you know me, like, I'm a good guy, like, we're all friends. And he seems to just sort of be ignoring the fact that they're all gangsters. I mean, it's not like he doesn't know what they are, but I guess he just thinks that they're not going to bring down the mob justice upon him because I guess he's not involved, because... He, you know, is nice. <laughs> right. Uh, and maybe even, this is something that I thought about for the first time, maybe part of him is like, well, nothing really that bad is going to happen to me because I'm friends with Tony and Tony won't let it happen. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, he is a bit an- yeah. naive. Yeah, he's Not very naive. Thing. He just doesn't get it. He just doesn't. And I think that that's the thing that Tony was kind of trying to warn him. And maybe Richie was trying to warn him too, which is mm. like, if you get involved with us on this side of things then Mm -hmm. the rules do change yeah and if you become a problem we're not going to be nice to
0: you yeah the way we are at you know the pta meeting yeah or whatever the college you know i I like the business end of this Mm -hmm. though right because he's short on the payment yeah and richie explains to him right Right. away this is this is now how it works yeah it's tacked on to the principal like you you'll owe us interest and that's just the way it is. You understand, right? This yeah. isn't personal. And it's one of those things that I like I like seeing in The Sopranos of just like, how does this all work? You know, how how does the business actually break down? And we get to see that a lot in this episode.
1: Yeah. 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 These guys are on top of it. I mean, they probably never got above a C in a math class, but, <laughs> you know, this is their business. They understand how to count when it comes to, you know, this money. So, right, yeah, it's cool to see that for sure. So the show next spends a lot of time uh, setting up the details of what is involved in the preparation for the executive game, which I thought was interesting that they did like three scenes in a row of prep for the executive game, but that's cool. They're all good scenes. Yeah. Uh, And we start at the fish market, Chris with his flunkies, uh, Matt, and who's the other guy? Is it Sean? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, this is just kind of like a fun scene. It doesn't really have a purpose.
0: Well, it would have been kind yeah. of a boring scene. Yeah. If Chris didn't use the match, yeah, the match to <laughs> trick yeah. to manipulate the the scale. I yeah. mean this would have been kind of dull. Right, exactly. But then it causes this unexpected tension and yeah. you know, heightened uh, experience for everybody in the scene.
1: Well, I guess the purpose of this scene without getting into you know anything that we shouldn't be getting into is that you know even though it is sort of a funny throwaway scene with chris mm-hmm. just kind of messing with this poor you know fish market employee who's like you know he's basically cheating him yeah. just for no reason yeah too He's just sort of screwing with this guy to screw with him. Yeah. I mean, does it really matter if he gets his fish slightly (laughs) cheaper? You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Considering Chris isn't even paying paying for it. it. Yeah. But that actually leads into the detail that I think is key, which is that Matt and Sean, I guess for really the first time, are saying, hey, Chris isn't really treating us with respect. Uh he wants us to sweep right. up at the executive game. Yeah. He's making us pay for the fish. Hmm. Maybe he thinks we're just his, like, little bitches. And really, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. for the first time, they're a little sort of possibly less than content with this
0: arrangement, mm-hmm. which may or may not cause problems down yeah. the road. But we also get the detail that Sill might be a bad loser that's and he great will, he will be at the executive yeah. game as well
1: right yeah Sill
0: uh is just not a bad <laughs> he's he's just not a good gambler in no. a way <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah but um yeah so you say there's like a couple of setups here so that was mm-hmm. the first one a setup for the executive game the second one is a pretty funny one as well at the hotel that we had in season one owned yeah. by the orthodox jews and we still get uh hillel who uh, is back as the son of that very orthodox. Shlomo. Yeah. Shlomo. Yeah. Uh, And he's back. He's still there working the hotel, which Tony was able to get back for him. Uh, But now we can see the hotel has changed uh, in, in many ways now Mm -hmm. as just prostitutes and hookers just (laughs) lining the the lobby. But Furio comes strolling about. Right. Yeah. And Furio comes in, uh, To ask for preparation, you know, to get the the room that has the stove and uh, to get the best room in that shitty hotel. Yeah. uh, So they could set up the executive game, uh, which I liked. I liked that they were like, well, where can we have this executive game? You know, the writers and David Chase and everybody thinking like, oh, well, we got this hotel. Why don't we Mm -hmm. use it? Mm -hmm. I like that. Incorporating it back in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're still in business. They're still... Uh, They still got these um, Hasidic guys under their thumb, and Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just, once you get involved with Tony, you know, just on multiple levels, Mm -hmm. uh, it can wind up bad for you. You know, we see that with these guys from the first season, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, we see that
0: in this episode with Davey. Yes. Yes. He's uh, Midas touch in reverse, right? Isn't that what Tony said? (laughs) Touches, turns to shit? Yeah. Uh, I liked just in this scene where Halal is like, I should work for nothing. And mm-hmm. Furio stops the prostitute and says, you ever uh, suck his dick? <laughs> I make that beanie spin when I work
1: his thing.
0: Yeah. And furio's just like, no bitch to me.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what's this guy complaining about? You know, there, right. are, there are perks. Right. Right. I
0: mean, come on. Money isn't everything. Yeah. You get a prostitute whenever you want it. There Stop complaining. And then we get the last of the setup scenes, which was really funny. Just the way it was, I don't know. At first I was like, why is Paulie getting pulled over? This is weird. But he does get pulled over from a cop that he knows. And it's basically just to pay him to say, hey, like, keep anybody away from the hotel. Keep it safe. Like, you know, we'll try to do our part to keep it down and everything. No gunshots, but you know, this is just a way of like not getting any interference during Mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's a fun scene because Mm -hmm. I mean, I remembered how it all went down, so I wasn't surprised, but at first, you know, it's not super clear (laughs) that this cop is in Polly's pocket. So Polly's pocket. (laughs) Yeah. Polly's pocket. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but, uh, that's good. Uh, and out of that pocket comes a gun, <laughs> right. which Pauly points at the cop. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, whoa,
0: what? Yeah, but
1: For co- a second.
0: Yeah, because the cop is yeah. unfazed.
1: Right. Yeah. And so then you're like, okay, this is just a bribery situation. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've, you know, checked off all of their boxes. They're ready to have that executive game.
0: And I'm ready to talk about the executive game. All right. That let's is get the into next it. scene. Yeah. And we have Frank Sinatra Jr. In the episode. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. It's so
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. Um, The (laughs) Sinatra kids uh, enjoyed The Sopranos, apparently, because Sinatra's daughter also does a cameo in this show. It's a few seasons from now. Okay. But she appears as well.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we're starting out. We're in the game. uh, It's already underway. Frank is taking his time. Actually making a point that
1: don't let him scare you he's not really a nasty fuck he's an incredibly nasty fuck hey chairboy of the board read your fucking cards right yeah, yeah yeah breaking frank sinatra jr's balls a little bit calling him chair board. frank rinsule yes ball yeah. breaking dialogue exactly yeah absolutely yeah i liked the kind of you just see that like matt mm-hmm. is not really going to be doing well in this situation i mean everything is just sort of going wrong for him first of all he's just dumb and his <laughs> instincts are all bad yeah. but i like that kind of exchange right where tony keeps calling for mike yeah and no one responds and then chris is like oh he's just fucking up this flunky's name and so then he you know tells matt to go right. over to tony and then matt there's a little bit of name confusion there because he calls tony t and then tony corrects him right away and he's like tony you know yeah. it's like no you don't know me that well. we're like not
0: that cool yet yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. call me t yet well i've worked with guys both named matt and mike at the same time mm-hmm. and i'll be honest i don't know which one's which oh
1: well, there you go so <laughs> yeah.
0: you know mike and matt it, yeah. it, it can be tough yeah, I don't blame Tony for not
1: remembering. Yeah, I mean, I think in the for the dramatic context of the scene, I think the point is that Tony just doesn't, doesn't give, give a, a shit, shit what yeah. this guy calls.
0: This guy is just not important to him. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Davy does uh, appear quite early on into the the scene of the executive game. Uh, Chris answers the door, and I love that moment where Davey thinks it appropriate to give his CV for like Mm because chris has no idea who he is so he says do i know you yeah you know me i own ramsey sports and outdoor it's like sure chris gives a fuck yeah (laughs) what that means to him yeah
1: yeah
0: uh that's really funny but this is the second time this is where i get that that just bit of dialogue where tony comes out talks to davy and And says, like, oh, yeah, Frank Sinatra, yeah, he, Junior, he knew my uncle, so, yeah, he's here playing the game. Wow, this really is an executive
1: game. So what do you think? There's a resemblance. No, 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 I mean the
0: game. You think I can take these guys or what? Davey, this isn't a game for you. That's just that weird, like, where Tony is either intentionally ignoring what Davey's saying or he doesn't really know what line of, you know, what track they're on as far as the conversation.
1: Yeah. I think it's intentional. Yeah. I do. do. I, I, I think, think the second one is intentional.
0: Yeah. I think the first one is unintentional, mm-hmm. but this one is definitely like Tony's like, mm.
1: I think you're right about that. Yeah. Tony's trying to steer. I mean, he already told Davy this is not for you. Mm-hmm. So once again, he's trying to steer him away from it. But then, you know, Tony just can't help it. It's like, Hey, all right. If this guy wants to come in, And get destroyed, Mm -hmm. well, it could only help me.
0: Yeah. You know? It's so funny that before, when I watched this episode for the first time, I always felt that Tony was trying to pull Davey in. That it was like a a master plot of Tony Soprano. That he knew this guy was a terrible gambler. So, of course, he's going to try to wrangle him in. But that wasn't really case, now that I watched it again and watched it closely, that he's really, really trying to keep Davy out of this game. And eventually, you know, Davy's just like, I'm a man. I can handle it. Tony's like, fine. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's trying,
0: but he's not trying as hard as he could.
1: Because right. Tony could simply say, no, end yeah. of discussion, you're
0: not coming in. Yes. And well, he had been yeah. this whole yeah. episode. And now mm-hmm. it's just like, well, here's the game. Right. What's he going to do?
1: And Davey's really pushing it. I mean, so when I was watching it, I was just like, you know, wow, Davey is so stupid. Like, what is he thinking? Yeah. But then I was like, oh, well, maybe he's thinking that he can't afford to pay Richie. And, you know, this is a way to... Since mm. Richie said, you can't play poker with us pretty much um, until you're caught up, you know, with your debt, Uh maybe you know um davy just doesn't have the money and so he needs to keep sure.
0: gambling to try and get some winnings so
1: he can pay richie i thought back. that too maybe that's part of it
0: yeah 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 so time passes right mm-hmm. during the game right and i love this time lapse cut to Polly sleeping right and tony walks by and puts his fingers up Polly's nose as mm-hmm. he's walking by. Did you catch that? Right. Yes. So he's walking so by. So weird. Tony. Yeah. So Paulie's snoring there, right? Mm-hmm. And he just puts his fingers up Paulie's nose. Yeah. And I love that because I think any other actor wouldn't have thought to do that. And I think <laughs> that is just a Gandolfini thing. Sure. But the slightest bit of realism and connection that, yeah, of course, you know, he'd playfully walk by Pauly mm-hmm. like that and put his fingers up his nose. Yeah. I think right. any other actor probably would have missed that opportunity.
1: Uh, that's pretty accurate. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: And just, uh, Gandolfini in the moment there Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, just inhabiting Tony to the fullest as he always does, which is great. So we get this moment here that I'm going to ask you if you, if I, I'm pretty sure Tony knew what he was doing, but would you say that Tony knew that Silvio was on tilt and so intentionally sent Matt over there (laughs) to push him over the edge?
1: no you don't think he intentionally did it. i I think think tony knew really i think tony was like this is gonna
0: be funny yeah this is gonna be really funny because as it's happening yeah tony is kind of laughing and smirking
1: right that's funny i mean if that if he did do it on purpose then that's great i really just thought of it as like a sort of Tony's very big on this being very respectable and everything. He's got these rich civilians here, the penile implant doctor, (laughs) (laughs) Frank Sinatra Jr. Mm -hmm. So he wants this to be a classy joint. He doesn't want cheese and breadcrumbs on the floor. Yeah, And it's also just another way to sort of order Matt or Mike (laughs) around, you
0: know, but having said that, I do like your interpretation of it. I think both work. Mm-hmm. I think Tony does want it to be clean and classy, yeah. but he knows too. Like sweep the shit underneath Silvio <laughs> yeah. as well is just a way of playing with Silvio.
1: And Sil does not disappoint. I mean, yes, we got that great setup from mm-hmm. Chris that uh you know, Sil gambling, don't mess with him cuz it could, you know, he'll go overboard. Right? Right. And we see him going fully overboard. This must have been really fun to write this, uh, yeah. this cheese rant of yeah.
0: <laughs> Sylvia. So, yeah.
1: But yeah. I, I think
0: by far up to this point, the best performance from Stephen Van Zandt. Right. I think this yeah. This is really good. Because remember when he got upset at the, the referee during the soccer mm-hmm. game? That was a bit more comical in the yeah. sense that like, this is cartoonish. Right. This was more comical in the sense of like, holy shit! Yeah, he's losing it over like a cheese sandwich or whatever, and it's good. Like it's right. It, it doesn't skip a beat. You could really feel like mm-hmm. Stephen Van Zandt in that moment was like, "This is not, this is not acceptable. This yeah. will not stand."
1: Right. Yeah. You know, it's cool to see Sill kind of uh, come alive as a character here. I guess you could say that up until this point. Uh, yeah. We. Didn't really think of Sil as I'm trying to rack my brain, but I don't think Sil has really done anything that you would describe as dangerous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of like, oh, this is a guy that like you know could actually hurt someone. Yeah. And then in this scene, even though again it is funny, you're like, no, yeah, Sil probably could hurt a person yeah. if he needed to yeah I think, <laughs> and, he, and he's done it before i think yeah. at this
0: point we know that any of the guys can mm-hmm. hurt anybody they'd want right. to whenever. Yeah. yeah um so not to take away from obviously this is the the biggest thing the, the executive game but we're in we're, it's morning now basically mm-hmm. and we know it's morning because we get a quick scene of meadow being picked up by eric in right. his car Yes. And it's important for us to see that. Exactly. For later on. But it also is important because now we're it's morning time. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to the morning of the game. Tony is waking up. And Davey is down 45 boxes of ZD. Yeah. $45,000.
1: Yeah.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. Like, Tony can't believe it.
1: Right. And he's also on tilt, we can assume. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we can assume at this point. <laughs>
0: davy's not doing so well especially yeah. since we see silvio is a lot ha- happier mm-hmm. in the morning davy mm-hmm. not so much yeah when they're deciding to turn out the lights
1: right yeah. yeah i mean how does it
0: even get to
1: 45 grand i mean it's uh yeah wow and tony is shocked by this yeah. i mean he really is uh yeah so they've just done an all-nighter of poker and tony's like wow holy shit this right. Is, this is really bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and you know he's still down to rich as yeah. well,
1: which Tony doesn't know. Tony doesn't. He's about know. to find out though. Yes, he yeah. is.
0: So he, so Davy's down a total of fifty three thousand dollars to two <laughs> probably the worst mobsters you could be down to yeah. the boss of the New Jersey family yeah. and the most violent right. member of that family. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Richie yeah. makes a point that you know. Tony can't ignore. When, when the, Tony brings Richie outside, he makes a point of like, hey, look, mm-hmm. just letting you know, people are talking just about the way you're leading this here. Mm-hmm. So if you don't allow me to collect from this guy, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's the point of this whole thing? Yeah. This is how the business works. And Tony's like, well, you're not going to touch him. And it gets tense. I mean, yeah. again, we're seeing bleh, there's no pleasantry. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been really between Tony and Richie.
1: Right, yes. Uh, and, well, I like how Richie, if we jump back for a second, yeah, no, I yeah. do enjoy how Richie enters the scene. You know, mm. he, for whatever reason, I don't know why he's entering mm. the executive game at 7 a.m., but, right. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> he walks in, That's and true. he's in a really good mood. Yeah. You know, for Richie, he's kind of, you know, uh, you know making jokes. He's smiling. Mm. This is as happy as Richie gets. Mm-hmm. You know, he's being pleasant. But then that, you know, ends abruptly when he sees Davey sitting there. And uh, Davey does not have the right reaction. You know, hey, Rich. Uh, Richie doesn't want (laughs) to hear, hey, Rich. And so, you know, he goes overboard. I also like the moment where, uh, you know, he kind of tells Chris to back the fuck up. Come on, Richie, get your hand off for me. I'll put one in your head. Don't fucking threaten me, Richie. I'm threatening you. I got a hot arm for you already. Give me a reason. Yeah. Uh so that's kind of an intense moment. And it was funny because, you know, I've been looking closely at um Dave Preval's performance for yeah. the blinking ever since you brought that up. And I noticed that when Preval says give me a reason, he very noticeably closes his eyes as he says, Give me a reason. Oh my god. Just like he, <laughs> as if he's uh how how can I put this in like not too graphic terms, but almost just like the thought of Chris of killing Chris uh it's like- is yeah, like, it's like a shark. Yeah. When their eyes roll over, you yes. know, before they attack. That's funny cuz I was actually saying it's almost like he's he's about to like have an orgasm. <laughs> 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 Just
0: well, I'm sure for a shark, too, it's, yeah. a, it's a very momentous <laughs> moment there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, Richie, Richie's crazy. He's scary. He grabs Davey by the throat. Right. And then, of course, that's what leads Tony to, you know, drag Richie out. But then also, it's a big problem because, you know, Tony was so proud of having this executive game. He really, you know, you noticed Tony, mm-hmm. the previous night, anyway, he was dressed in, like, his best suit and oh, tie yeah. and everything. He really wants this, like, a classy, stately, Affair, right? When Richie explodes in violence, that sort of ruins the whole thing. Oh yeah! Immediately, all the civilian guys are like, all right. Cash me out, like I'm gone, like it's over. Let's go. So
0: you know, Richie really did kind of screw up the whole game, and Tony's really upset about that. Yeah, and Richie is upset as well because as he's walking away from the hotel, he sp- he spits.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So there's Makes no point. love
1: lost between these two men. Right. Richie's definitely chafing under the leadership of Tony Soprano.
0: Yes. So now Davey's in to Tony big and bringing up, you know, that he has a son and daughter and they go to school Mm -hmm. together and using that, uh, in that moment, like, so how'd your daughter make out at Bowdoin? You know, Tony's not having any of that. Just like when Richie was like, look, it's business. There's nothing personal here. Tony is laying down what the business end of it looks like now. Yeah. That every day, Somebody's going to be coming by collecting until he right. pays back the 45,000.
1: Yeah, yeah, and again that context shift of, you know, Davey knowing Tony primarily as a fellow father of, you know, yeah. a student, friend of Meadows, all of that stuff, like that's not going to save Davey. Tony makes that very, very clear.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: Davey's starting to realize, "Oh,
0: hey, I'm in I'm in big trouble here." It's the naivete. Yeah. Yeah. Of Davy, so I thought we could take these next two little scenes here together of Tony waking up um and then go into Melfi's, sure, right, so he is woken up by that terrible song that Meadow and Eric are playing and yeah. Eric's terrible bass playing of it. One key bit of information that leads to another scene in this episode is that his youngest sister, Barbara, her father in law has died right. And Tony describes this to Melfi, you know, as just like, how is this possible that on the first day of this man's retirement, he's blown off a roof? Yeah. And falls to his death.
1: Yeah. Over (laughs) working on a satellite dish.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And Melfi's like, well, isn't that better? Because he was one of the happy wanderers that's pissing you off. So isn't it good that he got his?
1: Right. He got his. And that's really funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it goes
1: back to what i was saying you know melfi is a little bit more direct and provocative in her her therapy style you know because that's like a weird thing for her to say i was gonna say that that's (laughs) a weird thing
0: for a therapist to say like well aren't you happy that this man's dead yeah it's like you should be
1: rejoicing because he's you know not one of these douchebags anymore like yeah he's he's been punished and so yeah tony is sort of thrown by that a little bit Mm -hmm.
0: um he tells Melfi yeah. too that yeah. he found out and more family history and right. that he had an uncle that was retarded yeah. to Tony and I love that Melfi says
1: Was he seriously developmentally
0: disabled?
1: Serious? No, he had everybody in stitches back then. Yeah, Melfi kind of smacks him in the face with that. So, <laughs> you know, she ties both of these invent both of these events, uh the death of Barb's father-in-law tony finding out about his uncle that he never knew even existed that yeah. had special needs uh it's all part of the happy wanderer uh sort of you complained about having to be a therapy patient thing mm-hmm. you know so she's really sort of throwing back in Tony's face, what he said before, which is just kind of an interesting kind of way for her to go about the therapy session. But I think in a way it's good for Tony to kind of see these things directly because Tony is very direct himself. So even if he can't process it right away, I think Melfi recognizes that this is a better way to reach him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then we get the funeral scene for Barb's father-in-law. This surprised me, this scene. Yeah, it surprised yeah. me too. You mean just the fact that Livia, right, and Tony?
1: I forgot that see this was other. kind of how they come face to face for the first time since you know he grabbed a pillow and yeah. contemplated smothering her with it. Yeah, and it's just kind of a sort of unexpected, you know, mm-hmm. reunion, and it's more just irritating for Tony than yeah. anything else, you know.
0: Yeah, I I mean I really liked it though because obviously. It starts out, it's not like, oh, hi, Ma. Oh, hi, son. It's she's crying in the back, like wailing in the back. Big spectacle. And it just irritates Tony to no end. Mm -hmm. And he wants to leave. Carm won't allow it because they were bound to run into them. Yeah. What I like, though, is that (laughs) now it seems like Richie is going to be part of any family function now. Which is hilarious. It's really funny. Isn't that funny?
1: He can't, Tony can't avoid Richie. And I just love how the shot is composed of, you know, Livia in the wheelchair flanked by Richie and Janice. I mean, this is just like. Tony's nightmare, his, right. like, rogues gallery of yeah. villains. <laughs> like, he hates all three of these people. Yeah. And they're all just, like, on a team together. It's, like, kind of <laughs> funny. It <That> is funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. What did you think of this? This is so interesting. Tony and Richie give envelopes of money to mm-hmm. Tom, Barb's husband.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: understand that.
1: I guess it's just you suffered a loss. Here's a boost. I mean, I guess that's literally what... What Richie refers to it as. A boost, know, yeah. Who do I get the boost to? And hey, I don't know. Yeah, but an envelope but of cash It's only because of the
0: connection of Barbara to Tony that that's a thing? Because mm-hmm. Tom is not involved in any way. Tom's no. father was not involved in right. any way. I just thought it was more for immediate family members to... I didn't realize that if a father dies... The son mm-hmm. gets a boost. Does that mean Tony got a boost when his dad died?
1: Yeah, good question. You know, I haven't really thought yeah. about the
0: intricacies of that. When I watched that, I was just yeah. like, oh, that's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just about, yeah, you know, you suffered a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're part of my family. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know if we Maybe see d- this, you know, this um, this concept again in the show. But is it is kind of strange.
0: Yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, I was focusing a lot on like the business end mm-hmm. during this episode and that was one thing that stood out where I was just confused maybe it's just for the the funeral payment you know oh, something that's a like good that. point. yeah, maybe it's nothing that. so serious of yeah. like here's like you know twelve thousand dollars or something mm-hmm. like crazy number yeah. it's nothing like that.
1: Maybe it's just that to help with like funeral costs and stuff yeah. like that, which you know that's that's cool. I'm sure that's needed. Yeah, that helps.
0: So Tony and Richie walk into another room. Yeah, and Richie apologizes, right. which is interesting. And Tony makes the point of look, like Davy's gonna pay me first, and then you get yours because that's the optics of it. Don't look good if I don't do something about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tony has to punish Richie in some way for disrespecting the executive game. Mm-hmm. and, of course, this is really, really bad for Richie, you know, because it's like he's not going to see what Davey owes him for a long time.
0: Yeah, for if Richie, $8,000 is important.
1: It is, but also Davey owes tody $45,000 yes. that he doesn't have. I mean, he didn't right. even have the 8000 so right. Richie basically is never going to see the eight grand. That is owed him, and that's really upsetting.
0: Mm -hmm. So what did you think of Livia's, or I guess Nancy Marchand's, uh, look that she gives Tony Mm -hmm. as they are sat down? I mean, now she's just propped, positioned right in front of him or across from him. Mm -hmm. And they make eye contact, and she's got this... I mean, I can only describe it as a mother's sorrow, like, in her eyes. Right. That she is misses her son that's kind of what it looked like to me
1: yeah she looks kind of pitiful there and i think that you know maybe there is a slight bit of doubt planted in tony's mind yeah you know where it's kind of like yes i'm angry for very good reason but now i see this kind of frail sad old woman she's clearly not a threat to me anymore on any level Mm -hmm. yet i still hate her i'm not quite sure what to do with that yeah so i think that's kind of what
0: is being voiced there yeah and then on the car ride home just this last bit that i need to point out is how janice is playing lady macbeth she really ear of richie
1: yeah janice is maneuvering i mean she's She's stepping up her game a little bit. You know, it's just kind of funny to see how, you know, she came in one way, right? You know, back at the beginning of the season, but now she's, you know, fully back and sort of the... The Jersey verse, you know, mm-hmm. and she knows these guys. I mean, she knows the mob side of things, as she points out, you know, Richie's trying to rationalize what's going on with Tony by saying, like, look, how can I really go against Tony? I got out of jail, he gave me fifty thousand. And then she says he gave Romeo Martin fifty thousand dollars when he got out of jail. i we talking about thirty
0: years ago. Thirty years ago today that's half a
1: million dollars fifty thousand. 000 make more than that and so yeah. it's interesting to see janice you're like whoa what's janice's game that she seems to be wanting to use richie mm. as kind of a pawn in attacking her brother yeah and absolutely that's,
0: that's kind of deep that's that's intense yeah yeah yeah, it definitely is. And so Davey has to pay Tony. And Tony confronts Davey because Davey didn't pay his guy who came by to collect. Had a unexpected doctor's visit. Yeah, he's trying to duck and dodge. And again, Davey tries to use their kids as a way of, you know, calming Tony down. But it's not going to work. And you can see here, Tony gets his chance really to... to smack around one of these happy wanderers. (laughs) Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's a couple happy wanderers in this episode. Mm -hmm. And uh,
1: yeah, Davey's definitely one of them. And you know, Robert Patrick, uh, he he is well cast. And just the way that he talks too is interesting. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, you, you keep using the word naive, which is the right word to describe this character of David Mm -hmm. Scatino. And I like the performance you know, that Patrick kind of brings to the character because he talks in this sort of like overly naive, almost kind of like childlike way. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's sort of like he's putting everyone on sort of like, look at me. I'm so innocent. I don't understand. But just the way that he expresses himself. I mean, this is a grown man. He yeah. can't be like that innocent, but he just seems so innocent and clueless and naive. Yeah. And Tony's finally had enough and, you know, just sort of beats the shit out of him. I mean, open, open palm you know doesn't close the fist so it's not like a serious beating but it's still it's enough yeah Yeah, it it, it stings you know it brings davy to tears did you Mm -hmm. notice too Mm -hmm. uh tony's shirt yeah so the collar has like i don't know if i'm reading too much into it okay but like there's like shark teeth on the collar really and i was like that's huh. interesting. Well, I mean I don't mean literally, but it's no, no, just no, like, like jagged yeah, yeah, like white triangles kind of in a row on either side of the collar. Huh. And I was like, that has to have been intentional. That's you interesting. You know, just to sort of like Tony is is the shark, you know. Yeah. He's he's the predator here. Hmm. And uh yeah, you know, he's he's tearing into Davy in a yeah. big way. And so uh yeah, things have <laughs> Things are just getting
0: worse for Davey. He realizes that, like, he's in some pretty deep shit. Well, again, just yeah, how naive Davey is. Here's an example. He goes to Artie Buko to ask right. for money, the cheapest character in the yeah. series, and asks for $20,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know this would not work. Right. We know as the audience yeah. this is not going to work. You can see it in Artie's eyes. Like, he gets it. You got in deep with Tony Soprano, you're kind of fucked. Like, yeah. Artie, Artie yeah. knows. You're right. Right. Artie's not naive. No. Artie has avoided, as best he can, mm-hmm. getting in with Tony Soprano. And this is just one, you know, moment that Artie sees clearly, yeah. clearer than probably anybody else.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Artie's smart. We saw him at the beginning at that Richie game, but, yeah. you know, he he's smart enough to know his limits like yeah yeah, when to quit he's not going to get into trouble with these guys i also love the detail of Artie making up that like super obvious lie about having to fix (laughs) the roof of his brand new restaurant right you know i mean it's just he he came up with that pretty quickly good for Artie. Mm -hmm. but yeah as he's kind of brushing you know as he's brushing davy off you know he makes up this whole thing and yeah also you know yes you can see it in Artie's eyes like he knows that davy is really screwed yeah and there's nothing Artie can do or there's nothing anyone else can do yeah to help him you know the courts aren't going to help him because he says
0: god forgive me for saying this but did you consider chapter 11 i don't think tony soprano's gonna to buy that tony oh geez Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's true. Tony Soprano will not buy Chapter 11. Right. So, in what I would say is a very Terminator style, uh, Davey takes his son's car. Oh, <laughs> right. right. Right? Busts through, yeah. the, like just <laughs> storms into the house, takes the keys, and drives off in a very Terminator style, I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, using this bogus pretense of... Oh, there was like mud Mud. splatter on the car. And I told you, no off-roading. And this is actually kind of interesting. Uh, This is something that they do in the show sometimes. Hmm. And you see it later where like a character wants to take an aggressive action towards another character. Yeah. And they sort of search real quickly. Like they scan the surroundings for a pretense. Ah, yeah. You know? Sure. They do that in the show and it's kind of cool. And you see that here with Davey where like he comes up and he just calculates it really fast where yeah. he's like, I got to take this car. What's my excuse going to be? Oh, the mm-hmm. mud. Okay, perfect. And then he, without skipping a beat, he just uses that and then races off with his son's car, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this kid, Eric, who we both kind of want to punch in the face. Oh, absolutely. Sorry, uh,
0: Eric, what's the actor's name? Oh, it's Hensley. Yeah. Some John Hensley. Something. Yeah. Like nothing that. personal.
1: Yeah. John Hensley. Uh, but yeah, you're, your face was just annoying in this episode Oh
0: it was <laughs> But now I think we get a really important scene And a really good scene Well acted uh, From Gandolfini And a- everybody in the scene When he gives the car to Meadow right. right And it starts off by him saying It's a sports utility vehicle mm-hmm. I love that Like he's trying to really sell it to Meadow But it's going to be pretty obvious That Meadow's going to recognize this car There's no way around that.
1: Of course.
0: yeah. Eric's car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought that that was kind of interesting. But, you know, I think we can sort of see what's going on here, right? Meadow gets upset when she realizes, like, oh, yeah, this car that Eric picked me up in a few scenes ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. is, you know, now the car that I am sitting in and it's intended for me. That's a problem. That sets Tony off. And we get a really great scene between uh, Tony, Carmilla, and Meadow yeah. in Meadow's room. Yeah. You know, where Tony kind of just lays down the law and he's like, look, like, you get to be a little rich girl and that's great for you. You have all these advantages. It's because of transactions like this right. that I'm engaged in. It's because of the work I do. He literally Mm -hmm. says that you get to have this entire lifestyle. If you don't want the car, well, then I'll just fucking sell it. And then I'll use that money to continue supporting you, you ungrateful little bitch.
0: Well, that's, I think, not a conversation that is solely happening with mob families. I Mm -hmm. think any father or mother who provides for their family and gets a response like that from their child an ungrateful response Mm -hmm. will say like we'll let them know do you understand how hard i work and slave away to put food to provide for cds and everything that you want and the colleges you want to go to you understand like i do hard work albeit in this case illegal work but he does it nonetheless for his family yeah yeah, right exactly and yeah it's just just a really impassioned like powerful scene there
1: Mm -hmm. and i'm not I'm not saying that Tony is right mm-hmm. or anything. um, but that is definitely his attitude. And, yeah, as you said, yeah, you don't have to be in the mafia. If you're a parent, at a certain point, you will probably want to just grab your kid by the shoulders and like <laughs> shake them and be like, you know, this is what's going on. Yeah, you know, you need to understand the broader context of what you get to enjoy day to day. yeah, you know, uh, if it wasn't for this, as Tony points out, you know, if you want to be holier than thou, mm-hmm. then, you know, take that attitude and go sleep in the bus station. <laughs> I love that. I mean, his,
0: that, that button yeah. on the end of that scene, that line that he says,
1: A grown man made a wager. He lost. He made another one. He lost again. End of story. So take that high moral ground and go sleep in a fucking bus station if you want.
0: Yeah, it's that was good.
1: Yeah, no, it's solid, really good writing uh, from Frank again. And, you know, I think that this is the scene that kind of crystallizes the fact that Davey is not the only happy wanderer that Mm -hmm. needs to have his happiness canceled. Meadow's a bit of a happy wanderer. And when Tony is sort of like, Hey, this is how it is. Why don't you grow up? Mm -hmm. You know, you could sort of see it register on her face of, there is a bit of a loss of innocence. Like in a way, even though she's hurt by what her dad did, She sees the truth in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we move into the final scene. So this recital, this performance, and Eric's just a dick and leaves meadow high and dry. Mm -hmm. But she gets the solo that she wanted. Exactly. Which is great. Right. right. And Carmella makes the point like, oh, well, that's a lucky break. Mm -hmm. And we get Richie at another family function again with a huge bouquet of flowers Mm -hmm. compared to Tony's small Mm-hmm. Um. yet yeah, probably more personal mm-hmm. okay of flowers
1: and Tony of course breaks Richie's balls yes he does. <laughs> didn't I see those flowers you know at the wake the other day
0: right and then the the episode kind of just ends mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. almost like a to be continued
1: yeah yeah in a way it just sort of like fades, fades out, out
0: as the as the performance begins yeah. I was I, I thought there was going to be more I was literally right. sitting there and then it faded out and I was like oh 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 Okay, that's 50 minutes. We're done.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because we're not done with these situations. No. They will continue. So this is sort of just kind of chapter one of this ongoing saga that exists within season two.
0: Yeah. Well, that does it for this episode of The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, Join us next week. But if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support it, like always, there are ways of helping us out here by subscribing on iTunes and leaving comments and reviews there because that's the only way we're going to get this uh, broadcasted to a lot of other people that way or leaving reviews anywhere else that podcasts are found, liking us on Twitter and Facebook, at The Soprano Show. But enough of that let's move into what we do at the end of every episode with a favorite line um i could start yeah why don't you go first so the line that i liked actually did come from eric because it pissed me off so much uh when his dad is taking the car away and ex- you know his dad is explaining like i told you no off-roading and eric says "Off-roading? <laughs> i drove it onto the field at school to bring some girls to cheerleading practice There's not all over the doors I warn you and warn you, Eric. Right, Eric. Yeah. You had a bunch of girls in your car, and you went onto the field with your car to drop them off for cheerleading practice. You dropped cheerleaders off, Eric. You and your punchable, stupid face.
1: Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you, Eric. (laughs) That's really funny. Okay, so maybe this is sort of obligatory, but my favorite line is not a favorite line. I would- Sure, no. Here, just like to play in its entirety. Yeah. Sills Meltdown. <laughs> where do you get these fucking idiots, huh? Where do you get them? He's, I'm he's sweeping the cheese. I'm trying to get the, Leave the fucking cheese there, all right? I love fucking cheese at my feet. I stick motherfucking provolone in my socks at night so they smell like your sister's crotch in the morning. All right? So leave the fucking
0: cock sucking cheese where it is. Here, 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 go ahead. Have a good time.